All right, on the line right now, the newest Hall of Fame member, uh, one of the great guys at all of football and all of broadcasting, Dick Vermeer, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking a couple of minutes to chat with us about going in the Hall of Fame last after, week. Well, I, I owe you after forgetting that last week. I apologize again. <laughs> Not well, a you're problem. getting to be we as old as I am, so you're allowed to forget. Yeah, hey, damn here, hey, we, we are antiques. We are antiques. <laughs> we all are. You know, I, I know I told you this story a couple of times, and I don't want to get to you, not to me, but Matty Gukas and I did an L.A. Laker game against the 76ers out in North Los Angeles, and we're flying in, and we land in Philadelphia, and uh, I get off the plane, and I get a telephone call from CAU. They say, run right over to the Veterans Stadium. The Eagles are going to name their new new uh, coach. Well, I said, okay, fine. I'll go over. Well, you and I were sitting on the same plane, two seats away on the plane. I didn't know who the hell you were. <laughs> you still don't. I said, here we are. We're now up in the vet. Here's Dick Vermeil, two seats in front of me in the plane. And then he's going to be named the new coach. I said, what the hell is this? I don't know anybody from UCLA. <laughs> Congratulations, you made a terrific, terrific speech going in. And Roger Henry, I'll let you get in from Atlanta, Georgia, and talk to Dick. Well, I'll tell you, Dick, I got, yeah. to, got to talk to you at the uh, sports writers. Of course, I introduced you at the uh, 25th anniversary of the yeah. 80 team. I had you and your wife at, uh, with uh, Celebrity Limousine in one of my oh, retirement jobs. So, yeah. But I also have the picture of uh, you uh, on my uh, old radio show with Ken Kerfel, and that's years ago up in Lawrenceville School at that clinic. Oh, and, yeah. Yep. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I, I mentioned to Don and to, um, to Frank uh, before we went on the air tonight, a, a, a real loss today in uh, the Kansas City Chiefs family, the passing oh, of Glenn Dawson. No and uh, I know that uh, you got to know me, was broadcasting. And one of the uh, tributes this morning on NFL radio I thought was really interesting. A lot of credit was given to Carl Peterson, who's like one of your best friends, presented you at the Hall of Fame, and Marty Schottenheimer. For turning the uh, the corner a number of years ago with the fortunes of the Chiefs, and it was just really interesting to see uh, the impact that Len had on various quarterbacks uh, over the years. And you probably saw it. And but uh, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because I know you were close to him when you were in Kansas City. You know, here's a guy that played a ton of years, and he played the. I think he threw 45 passes the first three or four years in the league. And he comes to Kansas City, and in a few years he wins a Super Bowl championship because he now, with a coach that understands him, knows how to use him, coached him in college, you know, and went on. And, my God, he, you know, he had four years where he threw over 20 touchdown passes. You know, that's hard to do because you, first oh. off, he played 14 games, and he didn't throw the ball that much. You know, so mm-hmm. he did a remarkable job. In fact, he had three times he had a 90 quarterback efficiency rate, which was very rare in those years. But uh, just a great guy. What I always appreciate, appreciated about him, he was humble. He never tried mm-hmm. to tell us what, what he would have done. If, you know, what, why did you do that in the third quarter? Why didn't you do this in the fourth quarter? He was always very appreciative and respectful of my coaching staff and me and uh, – you know, just a, just a pleasant guy. And, of course, Lamar Hunt, nobody in the league did a better job of showing respect for their former players, you know, that Lamar Hunt did. And, of course, then Lenny, 
is the figurehead of everybody. You know, mm-hmm. he, he mm-hmm. was the franchise dealer. And then you got well, to talk a little about Warner too, because uh, I know in your speech you talked about, uh, you know, so many people didn't think the guy had a chance to do anything when you got to St. Louis and you turned the whole program around because you understood him. Well, yeah, yeah and I had you know Mike Martz coaching him and John Ramsdell and uh, you know the guys coaching him had Jim Hannafin with the offensive line. Bud Carson started as the defensive coordinator. I had a hell of a coaching staff. And I, I needed that kind of staff because I'd been out of it for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And by hiring the old-timers, we could catch up, or at least I could catch up, you know. But uh, Kurt Warner, what he did will never be done again. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just his first five games as the starter in the NFL. Now you re, you're listening every morning. I listen to the different radio stations. And I listen to serious NFL, and they're talking about how many years it takes to develop the quarterback in the NFL under the pressure and here's Court Warner goes from the Kurt, he goes from the scout team quarterback of the year for the Eagles in '98 to the most valuable player in the league in '99. So he blows away all those. Dirt, you know. Dick, let's go well, back you know, to the Eagles because for those folks that are listening right now, we're talking to Dick Vermeule, one of the newest entries into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and uh, what a great tribute to Dick and to the National Football League and all the uh, stops he made along the way, but. It all began with a guy by the name of Leonard Toast who owned the Philadelphia Eagles at that time. And a very unusual owner, but uh, I know you were very close to him. Uh, but uh, when you came in, that was not a Hall of Fame team. <laughs> no, no you, you couldn't today, you couldn't rebuild a team today with the restrictions you have as a coach now to coach. You know, in those days, I could stay on the field as long as I wanted to, have as many double days as I wanted to, have as many players in training camp for most of the camp. We played six preseason games. And you had a lot more time to develop the players that you had. Remember, we didn't have first, second, or third round pick for three years. And the third year, we're in the playoffs. Why? Because we could improve the players that we had, you know. Yeah, you had the you had the time, you know. Dick, getting back to the Rams, it just uh, it was amazing. I happened to be in St. Louis during your uh, camp, and I got to uh, to interview you. And one of the questions I had was, "Do you think this is really a good team?" And obviously, then I was at the Super Bowl, and I got to ask you the question again, but I, a little bit different. Phraseology, I said, well, you told me at training camp you thought it was a good team, but did you have any idea it was this good? No. You you won the Super Bowl. When I watched the team early training camp and offseason with Trent Green now at quarterback, and uh, I knew we were going to be a good football team. I had no way could I predict we'd be a world championship team. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they had paid such a price in those – Tough practices and discipline and structure and my coaching staff. You know, I gave them time to coach, and they helped good players get better. And mm-hmm. Charlie and John Becker did a good job in losing. They drafted good players. Well, our job was to put those good players that had been losing together and help them get better and make winning contributions. And and that's what my staff did. And uh, but we worked awfully hard. My third year, we backed off on them a little. Because I really felt we were there, and I, I wasn't going to get any more out of them in my double days in training camp than I got out of them the year before. But uh, 
you know, we were just together, like you said, at the Hall of Fame two weeks ago. The entire starting offense from the Ram team was there intact. Plus, mm-hmm. Ricky Prohl, the slot receiver, on third downs and nickel, the backup tight end, and all these kind of guys. And the, the, every, you know, the whole the whole offense was there. Four Hall of Famers, with Torrey Holt to be another Hall of Famer one day. So, right. You know, and they had so much fun together. You know, they re- it was it was so so rewarding to see them enjoy each other so much. Dick, one other thing before we switch over to Frank. Frank's got a comment. He'd like to chat a little bit about it as well. It was a good thing that field wasn't five yards shorter. <laughs> That's what I said even in my all base speech. If we don't make if Mike Jones doesn't make that tackle, I'm not standing on that stage. You know, very few coaches anymore that have won a Super Bowl get in the Hall of Fame. You know that. I'll tell you, that was one of the most unbelievable last series and one of the yeah. most believable endings to a game. It was like Chuck Bednarik sitting on Taylor at, at Franklin Field in Philadelphia a little before your time, but I was there for that one. And, and with well, the same idea. You're exposing your age. <laughs> Frank, go ahead. You know, Don, a lot of people don't know because he's such a, a quiet, reserved person, but this man has raised over $2 million for the YMCA of Chester County through his golf tournaments and, and charity work that he's done. And um, I just wanted to bring that out so everybody knows. And there's a lot of other things that uh, that come up, uh, that uh, especially dealing with Leonard Toast uh, in the end, that uh, people just don't know what a wonderful person this is. It's not just the guy out there with the, with the yellow coat on or gold coat, whatever you want to call it. It's a guy who really believed in the game believes in people, and still to this day, after many years of retirement, believes in, in his uh, community. Well, thank you, and that's nice of you to say, Frank. You know, I enjoy my community. As I tell the Eagle fans, I feel like I know each one of them personally. <laughs> <laughs> and they know you. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Well, you know, Dick, you know what was great? Uh, Andy Reid and his wife were at your Hall of Fame ceremony. And, you know, I know the way you kept in touch with Andy when he was coaching and everything. And I think that says a lot. But isn't that ironic? Your your last uh, coaching job was uh, was with the uh, uh, Chiefs, and now Andy's mm-hmm. with the Chiefs after you were both with the Eagles. I think it's really mm-hmm. ironic. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Andy Reid and Tammy showing up there Friday night for the Gold Jacket Dinner in the middle of training camp was practice the next morning in Kansas City. To show his respect for me was the finest tribute I have ever received from another football coach in my entire career. I will never forget it, and I will always be in debt to how much I appreciated that effort. Well, Nick, let me so ask you this, because love. the game has changed so much now. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, you, you know, the way the Eagles were building when you came in and, and built it from, from just great coaching, not from great selection, selections because you didn't have them. But the, yeah. the game as we watch it today, uh, I'm having a little tougher time uh, being as involved as I used to be, not just because I'm older. I don't enjoy the game the way it's played as much today. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I know I'm going to tell you from a coach's standpoint, watching the season last year, especially as it wound down and got into playoff games, I've never seen so many exciting football games from a fan standpoint to watch the game be played. I mean, every game 
was unbelievable. Right. And I think that's a great tribute to the NFL as it is today. It is different. The old-fashioned ball, you'd spend a lot more time just beating the hell out of each other. You know, now there's a lot more finesse in the game, a lot more speed in the game. You know, and uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. I, I still believe football is a trend game and a cycle game, and, and you're going to see the em- emphasis of running game gradually move back in as the defensive get better at defensing passes with smaller linebackers and faster pass rushers and slower run defenders. You, you know, I think you'll see it. Yeah, and in fact, the Eagles did it last year. Second half of the season, they decided they wanted to win what they do, and they wanted the running game. And they couldn't stop them. That's stop right. Them. And 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 the if they hadn't run Dick, I don't think they would have uh, gotten to the playoffs. Oh no way, no way. They weren't they weren't gelled yet as an offensive team. They'll be a lot better this year. They're going to be a good football team. Everybody's anticipating eleven or maybe even as high as twelve wins, and of course a lot of it depends on on how your quarterback comes up and and yeah. what great versatility he brings to the field. And uh, but. Uh, the division has changed so dramatically. I mean, when yeah, you were coaching, it, 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 and, oh, boy, it was the Giants. It was the Cowboys. It was Washington. Yeah. It was the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, every Tom, single Tom, game Tom, was Tom, a murder. Here I am, the Eagles. They got Don Coriel. Okay, George Allen, the Redskins. And then we get the people in New York get that turned around. My God. Uh, every, every week, you're playing some Don Coolidge team. The Bud Grant team. All names that are in the Hall of Fame today, but yeah. Anyway, I, I I'm very excited about the season. I'm looking forward to seeing it go. I think the Eagles will be good. I think the Rams will be good. I think the Chiefs will be good. And there's always going to be a surprise team. Hopefully, the Giants will get going. Yeah. Roger. Well, I the uh, you're, I I agree with you, Coach. I I do. I I think that they are going to be uh, very uh, very good. Uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, uh, how you think Andy's going to do with the Chiefs? Uh, you think they'll uh, make it back to another Super Bowl? I think if anyone's going to, you have to start there. But that division is so up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to break even in the division. If you don't break even in the division, you're not going to be a strong playoff team. You know, there's good teams in that division. I'm curious to see what Denver does now. Seattle Mm -hmm. won't be what they were, you know. They won't be without the quarterback. They aren't. I don't care. They aren't going to be what they were, you know. And uh, but the Raiders, you know, John Gruden turned over a good football team there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to miss John Gruden on the sideline. I have great admiration and respect for him, and I I know him well enough to know the things they accuse him of. He he is not okay. (laughs) Sometimes you might tell the wrong joke. And laugh at the wrong thing, but we all used to be able to do that. We, all we used sure to be did. Able to do that one time in our, in our culture, you know. It was a different well, era. Well, yeah. Dick, if you break it into four, 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 and four, uh, when you, at least that's the way I always like to look at the schedule. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And and you look at the schedule for the Eagles. Get, they're in a great position to start. They haven't, you know, they haven't had this kind of uh, an opportunity to start really hot. I think this year they do. Yeah, I wouldn't be doubted. I wouldn't doubt it, you know. But I'll tell you this. You watch a little of the hard knocks, and I know some of the people yes. that Detroit staff, they're coaching tough, old-fashioned, hard football. When you beat them, you're going to earn it. 
okay? Because they're going to knock the hell out of you. <laughs> you better. Be well, your up. buddy Angelo Cataldi, coach. Pick the uh, Lions to beat the Eagles in that first game. Well, <laughs> you'll yeah, have to and, get after well, him when and, you're on with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, Angel is very passionate about the Eagles, and he's very high and very low. You know, he can be high in one day and down the next day. But uh, I, I, it's going to be very difficult for Detroit to beat him uh, because the Eagles are so talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Detroit will will startle them in in how they play the game in tempo. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get back, Dick, uh, for some of the people listening. Dick Vermeil, our head, our Hall of Fame coach, on with us right now, and is winding things down. Dick, talk a little bit about the pressure because you're. I think you're a perfect example. You, in fact, in the beginning of our interview, you talked about you were away for 14 years, and you know there was a period in your life where you said, "I guess, you know, mentally, I'm just not ready to do this anymore." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I—that was my own fault. You know, I could, I could listen to people, but I wouldn't hear them, or I would mm. hear them and I wouldn't listen to them. You know, and uh, you know that was my own fault, and uh, I, I, I regret not listening to people. And but uh, it was my own insecurity. I all—I was always afraid I wasn't doing a good enough job, and uh, and I was always a little bit, a little bit intimidated by the Tom Landry's and the Don Tulis, all these coaches that. Uh, I held in such high esteem when I was high school coach and a junior college coach and a college coach. And now I find myself coaching on the same field with him. It was a little intimidating. You know, they, they, I, you know, the other thing I think, John, is it's always good to value someone at a level of, above what you evaluate, uh, value yourself. You know, I have such admiration from those great coaches that, uh, I just I don't think I ever belong in their list. Okay, <laughs> oh, they invented you, the game. <laughs> hey, listen, you did a lot uh, to contribute to, to the uh, the history and 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 place. You know, one thing, and Don and I and Frank were talking about it uh, after you went into the Hall of Fame. You didn't really want to talk about uh, Ron Jaworski because it would just really get you emotional. And the relationship that you have had. From back in 1980, I mean before 80. But the other thing is, I used to go to the uh, arena games, uh, yeah. you know, with the soul. Yeah. And I know you were involved with Ron, and it was a great experience. A lot of, you know, what I thought, Dick. I thought it was a great family uh, yeah. atmosphere to go it there. It was, you know, it was fun. It was a great way to lose money. I, really, I, want to, I, really I know we kept you a little longer than we thought, but I want to thank you very, very much for taking time. Your, your schedule is so filled. And I'll yeah, tell you well, one thing. We'll keep getting, well, I keep getting my emails. I keep getting that wine. I want to know all about it. You're, the, you're, you're becoming the wine master. Yeah, I'm heading out this Friday. I'll be out there driving tractor for three weeks. Well, I just want to get on that. I just want to get on that train with you. When you're one of those speakers, I missed you by by one day. The last time I was out there, you were on the train the day before I got there. But best of luck with the wine. Best of luck with everything. And thank you so very, very much for taking this much time to spend on the show. Take care, care, coach. God bless. Take, Take care. 